0: Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by...
1: It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very good, doing very good. Did What I seem to always do which is just take a big sip of coffee right before you introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just sit, settle back to listen to the intro, Ugh. and then suddenly I realise I'm in a podcast. It's a weird reflex, isn't it? I do the same
0: as soon as I get you to introduce yourself. And often (laughs) you say, how are you? And I'm like,
1: "Oops, spraying coffee everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's here. It's edge of the earth. And we're beginning our first look, hashtag journey. And yeah, first looks are back. I know we sort of hinted at that maybe we wouldn't first look, given that we're getting a thousand cards all in one go. But we've decided we are going to first look. And uh, I'd encourage listeners to bear with us because we're going to try something a little bit new with these first looks and we have some more interesting, hopefully, episode types coming up down the line as well. Um, So you're not going to hear us talk about every single card right now. We're going to chop up how we're looking at it in a slightly weird and wonderful way. We're not even going to go in order just to make it even harder to listen along at home. So yeah. Yeah. We're going to sort of dive in and do that. What are, what cards are we looking at today, Peter?
1: Well, what we decided to do would be to look first at the cards which you can put in your decks right away when you're building new decks, right? So we're going to look at yeah. all of the level zero cards first. Mm-hmm. But we split that up just in, in pairs, of, uh, uh, pairs of factions for the first few episodes. Mm. So today, Frank, we're going to be looking at Guardian level zero cards and Seeker level zero cards. That includes awesome. the investigators as well. So we'll take a, a very quick look at the investigators. Great. And we're sticking to that first look
0: ethos. It's, you know, our first impressions. We, we may have looked at some of the cards to try and get them in an order that we could decide how to, how to record this, but it's still meant to be our fresh initial takes on things. So, you know, bear with us with that as well. We're not trying to present to you, the listener, a comprehensive guide of every possible interaction these cards can do. More just our immediate reactions of maybe where these cards find homes or what gets us excited about them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, a lot of these cards have been talked about by us. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also by a lot of the other content creators. And I'll just say, Frank, that that week we had of spoilers was, was really genuinely exciting.
0: It was fun, wasn't it? I
1: hope everyone else had the same... Sometimes you worry that you're maybe in a little bit of a creator bubble. Everyone getting you know, all the creators getting hyped to produce their content and seeing what other people do. But I hope everyone had as much fun as I did with it, staying up late watching Mm. streams and excitedly first thing in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, just getting out of bed, checking, oh, who spoiled a card last night? Yeah, yeah. All the sort of the like Pacific Coast
0: content creators that we were not going to stay up and see. It was really exciting. One of the cards that you got most excited about, Peter... You're going to read to
1: us now. Oh, bro, okay. Well, wow. straight in there. Right, well, first of all, we've got the, <laughs> inverted commas, Guardian Investigator, and this is Daniela Rees. Re- is it Reyes or Rees? I think it's Reyes. Reyes? Because it's Hispanic, yeah. Ah, okay, Daniela Reyes. Uh, and she is the mechanic. She has, uh, I'll do the stats first, she has four willpower, one intellect, five combat, and then two agility. She has the Entrepreneur trait. Have we seen that before? I don't think we have, no, have it's we? it's
0: new, I think. Yeah, new trait. Uh,
1: she has uh, 8 health and 6 sanity, and she has a reaction ability. After an enemy attacks you, accept an attack of opportunity you provoked. Even if that attack was cancelled, either deal 1 damage to that enemy or automatically evade it. And then she has an Elder Sign effect, which is plus 1. If you were attacked by an enemy this round, you automatically succeed instead. Uh, and she's saying, "Relax, tough guy. I'll handle this. You stand over there and look pretty." Nice. Which is fantastic. Should we very quickly do her deck building as well? Because yeah. we can just yeah. we can do this, and then we can label this type of deck building the Edge of the Earth deck building style, mm-hmm. and then we don't have to go through it again for anyone else. Yeah. yeah. So Daniela can take Guardian cards level zero. She can take Survivor cards levels one to five neutral cards level 0 to 5, and up to 5 other survivor cards level 0. And then she has the typical deck building size of 30, and mechanics wrench, and mob goons, and a random basic weakness. So, similar to Norman, who people are probably familiar with already, Daniela starts off as a guardian, and then levels up into survivor cards. But she can take 5 level 0 survivor cards to to get her a a, bit of a... What's the phrase I'm looking for? Start her in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She
0: starts predominantly blue with a splash of red, but hopefully by the time you finish your campaign, her deck is predominantly red, maybe with a splash of blue left over. So it's real transitional morphing or that kind of thing. Yes. And I've found for deck building for these types of investigators, sometimes I like to really try and force my head around the idea that they're actually their upgraded class. Yes. And I should think about them as that with a very generous off-class of what people would say their main class are. So Daniela has a hugely generous Guardian level zero off-class. She can take as many Guardian level zero cards as she likes, but then she can't get any more Guardian cards. So really, she starts to be a survivor
1: after that. Yes, I totally agree. Yes.
0: Yeah. But the reason, of course, she's a Guardian is look at that stat line. High willpower, high combat, piddling agility. It's like... That's Guardian stat line, isn't it?
1: Yeah, she's the first investigator we've seen with... Well, I'm going to use a phrase that's going to annoy you, Frank. The first non-gimmick <laughs> investigator we've seen with, <laughs> <laughs> with an intellect below two. We have obviously seen uh, both Calvin and Preston. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they, they have unusual abilities that work with those stats in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they have other ways around this. But, yeah, she... She's just there. One intellect, boom. She doesn't. She not care about no book learning. But I, it's. I'm glad
0: you mentioned Calvin and Preston because what are the ways around having no intellect? And one of them is be a survivor. Well, Both of those investigators have access to Survivor. Yeah, where yeah, failing true. might be as efficient as succeeding to get clues. Yeah. So I think that's not just a happy accident that she also has access to Survivor.
1: I've been really excited by her card, and and to an extent I feel that her ability is not telling the full story. Mm -hmm. I think her stat line is she's very, very good at what she does, which is resisting the Mythos deck in its entirety, both treacheries Mm -hmm. and enemies, uh, with a high combat and a high willpower. She does have a low agility, and we do see agility treacheries popping up. Yeah. Often I feel targeting health rather than sanity which makes mm-hmm. her high health pool a little bit more a little bit more beefy. But uh she does have an auto evade ability in her ability, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, she, she does have a low agility, but if she needs to evade something, she's got a built-in way of doing that automatically. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And because her ability cares about attacks except attacks of opportunity, My head went straight to, well, what are the other ways you might get attacked? And there's there's really two that leap out to me. There's an enemy attacking you for failing a test. So that would be either a retaliate or an alert. And of course, with her two agility, she might be able to trigger alerts really easily. And then there's enemies attacking you in the enemy phase. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it took me spiraling back to that idea of, we've mentioned this before in our three healther episode, you know, last action engage as a guardian. And you you end up as the person with the enemy on you for the enemy phase because you're the one who's going to be the proper tank and take the hit. And, of course, she gets a a bonus there. Maybe you're not using the auto evade ability at that point because it's just going to ready again, but you might just ping it for damage. So she sort of gives out damage just for doing what you want your guardians to be doing, which is tanking.
1: Exactly, yeah. And and Survivor gives her access to a huge number of uh, very good uh soak cards.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: specifically that I mean she can take level zero, um, cherished keepsake and, and leather coat. Mm-hmm. Get the, coat and the jacket mixed up. Uh but she can also take the level one versions as well, which do exile but give her like an incredible soak for zero cost <laughs> she, to install. She's like twelve ten in her stats at that point. Uh, yeah, unbelievable, right? And she can yeah. just soak up those hits all day long. Yeah. I think yeah. like yeah as, as we said at the beginning, we don't want to dwell on the investigators too long because we can dig into them more. This is just what's what's really excited us about mm-hmm. them. Yep. When I look at Daniela, I see a, a, a stat line dedicated towards the Mythos, um, tackling enemies, tackling, tackling treacheries, and then also access to a card pool that lets her do some element of manipulation of the encounter deck with cards like I'll Handle This, First Watch, On The Hunt this kind yeah. of stuff, and then also cards that allow some, some cancellation as well, cancellation and soak. So you've got cards like Test of Will, you've got uh, like Damage Avoidance, uh, Perseverance, that kind of stuff. That's also in there. So I mm. think she's got access yeah. to a lot of fun cards that lo- work in a lot of fun ways with her ability. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I what I'm going to keep an eye on, this is my final point, is ways of getting attacked that aren't attacks of opportunity. Because I'm sure I'm sure she was too strong when it was just that you could trigger her ability off taking attacks of opportunity. And yeah. in fact, flashback to Think on Your Feet, Mark versus Where the Gods Dwell. I took an attack of opportunity to play the enchanted blade so that I could trigger a counter punch and immediately kill the enemy that I was engaged with. Beautiful. Before the blade had even hit the table. Incredible. It was just like As he was pulling his sword out, he ends up elbowing the uh, the cultist in the face. And killing them. So, yeah, there's there's definitely scope there in the Guardian pool for hitting back.
1: Yeah. I I understand some people are a bit like, oh, well, you know, I can't play her solo because um, she's got such a low intellect. But I think you, you've made the point to me, like, if your intellect is two, it kind of might as well be one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, people have been getting around low intellect investigators for some time. And mm-hmm. what Daniela does is she still has a low intellect, but she gets the points in other stats as well.
0: Yeah, I think if I was on the spot now building the solo deck for her, I'd make sure Evidence, Scene of the Crime and Gret Wagner were in there. Yes. And then probably a flashlight or a, an old key ring, But or even a Look What I Found and a plan to upgrade into Look What I Found 2, probably my first four XP. Yeah. Look What I Found 2 triggers off... Um, Failing by three or less. So yeah. up to shroud three, you're good. And it gets you two clues split across two locations. So just in terms of the efficiency of, you know, stand in the two shroud location and get the clues from the the four shroud location, it's just incredible. So I don't I think I would be angling for that really quickly. Yeah. And that's your eight uh, your eight clue cards right there. So as, as we all know, building a solo deck, you need your, your six to eight. Anyway, the Mechanic's Wrench is her signature card. It's a two-cost asset, double combat and a wild icon, Oof, nice. item, tool, and melee, Daniela Reyes deck only. It takes up a hand slot, and it's got two abilities. The first is a free uh, fast action, Exhaust Mechanic's Wrench, choose an enemy at your location, that enemy attacks you. And then the second is an action fight. Use this ability only against an enemy that has attacked you since the end of your last turn. You get plus 2 combat for this attack and deal plus 1 damage for this attack.
1: So, yeah, this is is pretty good, right? (laughs) Oh, should we do the weakness as well, just very quickly? Yeah. So we've got Mob Goons. It's an enemy weakness. It has 3 combat, 3 GLT, 3 health, and it is humanoid and criminal-traited. Hunter... Pray, Daniela Reyes deck only. This enemy's attacks cannot be cancelled. Damage and horror dealt by this enemy's attacks is treated as direct. Debt is mm-hmm. a family affair. There goes your big plans about all the
0: soak you're running in Daniela. Yeah, yeah. The goons are coming directly for her.
1: Beefy, beefy boys, but I don't think unmanageable, especially with the wrench. Mm-hmm, yeah. So the wrench... And-
0: Especially if our plan is to run evidence and scene of the crime, maybe even lesson learned. I know it can't run lesson learned. She's not a guardian. Her <laughs> levels one to five, but you know evidence and scene of the crime certainly, or or uh, Greta Wagner. This you have an enemy already in your deck. Yeah. You help trigger those cards.
1: Absolutely yes, and you've got you know the wrench. I think is just good. Right, it's it's mm-hmm. an action to do plus two fight, taking it to seven. Yeah, and, right? and dealing two damage, which yeah. will probably trigger a free damage as well. So it's just a three damage weapon. Yeah. The thing that I we didn't mention when we read Daniela the front Daniela's card is her ability is not limited to once per phase. Yeah, good point. So she can just kill three damage enemies <laughs> all day long. Of course, the mechanics wrench will exhaust to trigger the ability on it. Yeah. But, you know, you could be in a situation where you clobber one, you clobber another one, and then that one attacks you in the enemy phase and kills itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love as well that that fight ability on the wrench, if you've done that, I'm going to engage last action and just take the hit. You do a damage in that enemy phase and the wrench is still online because it's since the end of your previous turn. Yeah, which is that you the know, previous round, so it's still on online all the way to the end of your next investigation phase. So being hit in the enemy phase, or if you're hit by an enemy in Mythos for some reason, yeah, um, maybe this, you know a, a card that moves an enemy and lets it attack you. The wrench is online then as well. You don't have to use it to trigger another hit. Pretty cool, and you can use that fight action even if the wrench is exhausted. It doesn't care whether or not it's exhausted, does it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you can be in a in a wild situation where you have a four health enemy. It attacks you in the the enemy phase, so you take the hit. Yeah. Gets back to your turn. you Use the wrench, so it hits you again. You deal another damage to it, and then you hit it with the wrench. So that's one a action, single
0: action to kill a four enemy. Yeah, yeah.
1: With, with only one card, without needing any other events or anything like that. It's just mm. your yeah. signature asset. Now, I, can I mention another thing about? I know we've got a lot of cards to get through, but I want to mention yeah. something else about the wrench, which <laughs> has caught me out. Is it's not a weapon. Yeah, good good point. Um, so I was happily popping in prepared for the worst into my Daniela deck-building ideas, being like, oh, mm. we'll get that wrench out mm. ASAP. That's not going to help.
0: Because Daniela isn't prepared for the worst, really, is she? Because she's not a guardian. She's a survivor. She's a survivor, yeah. We she can like a... put the wrench in her backpack, though. That's nice, yeah. She could pay for the wrench with her Shoffner's catalogue. <laughs> she can, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: One of your five <laughs> Survivor level zero cards. Well, I mean, we we are thinking about an, an episode where we help people pick, I mean, probably help each other pick mm. those five yeah. level level zero cards, right? Because mm. it's such a balancing act, trying to consider which ones to take that you aren't going to like waste by upgrading out of later and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And... You know, I mean, even that, what you've just said, you're not going to waste them by upgrading out of later. You know, for the, the dunwich Splash, you really wanted those five level zero cards from any classes to be really impactful throughout your deck so that they gave you that bigger coverage of classes. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll even interrogate whether you care about what those level zero ones are, or maybe, maybe you do upgrade out of them quickly because your, your real off class is your main class if you... If you get my drift? Yes. So let's look at some Guardian level 0 cards that Daniela can take. And she could keep them in her deck throughout her deck building. Our first card is Geared Up. It's a null-costed level 0 asset. It's talent-traded. Permanent. Limit 1 per deck. Purchase a deck creation. Forced. When your first turn of the game begins, play any number of item assets from your hand reducing the cost of each by one. During this turn, you have three fewer actions to take.
1: So there's a uh, built-in Ever Vigilant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you make of this? Built-in Unlimited Ever Vigilant. That's right.
0: Yeah. Um. I just thought as well, I'm pretty sure Daniela was announced by Optimal Play. Pretty sure Geared Up was announced by, I want to say Whisper in Darkness... I'm not going to be able to remember who announced what card. So I know you said at the start of the episode it was really exciting, that preview week. I just want to echo that and also say thank you to all the people who did previews and sorry that we can't memorise every single person who did them. What do I make of this? That was me stalling for time. I ran the maths in the most loose of ways and was a little bit iffy on this card. Yeah. Um, Is my position... And really, it's because I really like the idea of being able to play a bunch of assets, but it's not a bunch of assets. It's a bunch of item assets. Mm -hmm. So that means weapons are a fair game. Maybe some of your soak if you're running the coats and keepsakes. Maybe you're running a bandolier and you're running two weapons. You know, that's pretty good. But the thing that I feel like I'm really missing out on here is being able to play an ally first turn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that ally slot is so important. And essentially there's just enough things where I also want to play that aren't items. Another thing as a guardian I might want to play is say a safeguard first turn. It's not a, it's not an item, it's a talent, pretty sure it's a talent. So that to me is where it what gives me gives me pause. Like if this wants to compete with ever vigilant, really it needs to play me at least three cards and that means I need three items in hand first turn. The other thing I'd say is that sometimes I play ever vigilant for two cards but the fact fact is then I still have two actions left, whereas <laughs> geared up, you don't get those two actions you're you're agreeing to sacrifice them, so it's quite restrictive, basically is the long and the
1: short of it. What do you make of it? uh yeah, I tend to agree I think it's it, it's worth a shout if you can't or won't take stick to the plan, yeah, to take ever vigilant because ever vigilant or stick to the plan is a classic guardian pick, right? yeah. Really nice. But, obviously limited to people who have 6 XP to spend. Well, sorry, Mm -hmm. 7 XP to spend. Yeah. And can take level 3 Guardian cards. Yeah. So this could be a fun splash into a different investigator. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Someone who doesn't have access to high level Guardian cards. Someone who's maybe taking a lot of item assets. I don't know. Mm. It's just that risk of the first turn being a total dud. Feels like it's, it's really, really feels really tough. And maybe I guess also if someone's got a vastly increased hand size or something like that. Mm, mm. So I don't know whether like Joe with Studious, yeah, it's Studious Joe, and and Joe's got a higher density, I guess of, or or can have a higher density of items in his deck because he's got mm. his inside deck to put more events in. Yeah. Yeah. So the old like classic Octo Joe could get yeah. his bandolier and his fingerprint kit and all that kind of stuff out first turn.
0: His Colts, his bandolier, his Hawkeye folding camera, all hit the table. Because yeah. the other thing you can't do with geared up is play that first turn economy card, whether that's an emergency cash or a lone wolf or something like that. Yes. So you're also you're not just restricted in terms of what progressive cards you play but you also can't do the bounce into you know cash ally and weapon because yeah. you're, stuck, you're stuck just being able to play the weapon
1: you can't you can't That's, you could can do nothing first turn without some of the shenanigans right so if, if you need to move yeah. out of a location first turn yeah appeared, no, not you happening. can't know <laughs> you want to no. get a clue first
0: turn nope <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean super restrictive i think your off class or your sort of non main class guardians is a really interesting shout and one to keep an eye on i suppose hmm. because you could you could splash this into rogue if you're say jenny or Schizo Tool and also have another day another dollar so it'd be actually starting with more resources so you don't need that first turn i need to play a cash because you're already starting the game on 7 or 9 resources and then yeah. if you get three actions worth from geared up that's the same as playing a cash and playing three items
1: yeah Just slightly better than that so yeah that's geared up it's fascinating a very minor thought on geared up which would apply to we'll see a card a bit like this in the other factions but mm. if you're going synergy it's a really nice way to kickstart your synergy yeah great point. especially if you're playing Lola <laughs> some yeah. like mad deck creation Just like you, you discard half your deck and it's bigger and it's smaller and all this kind of stuff but lola does start off with five five um yeah can she she can only play things
0: that she's in the faction of though
1: yes but she, uh, if if you take all the permanents it's long yeah, 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 no. with thing with you know they count towards one of the factions she's taking yes yeah, yeah yeah so you're not you're not saying and then you'd spit
0: out items with geared up it's more like i'm happy to sacrifice my first turn cuz my synergy's going to be really good
1: Yes, exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. cool, I'm with you. I mean, you did lose you your first turn as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you're running items in another class, because this is a forced effect, right? It's not a. It's not a triggered ability, so this still fires. If, I, if I'm remembering Lola correctly, I could be getting
1: Lola wrong. I think this still fires even Stop if you're not in Guardian. Stop getting Lola
0: wrong. Yeah, it does, <laughs> Sorry, but
1: you you wouldn't be able to play the item assets, right? There there won't be a window. Before uh, when your first turn of the game begins, oh, there will be a window to change. Yeah, does she change? Yeah, the you the pick action, your class
0: when you see your opening.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yes, she could. She could play. You know the items of whatever class she picks. Mm. I'm going to make a final point. Having said, I'm happy to move on. <laughs> Backpack.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not at the moment clear if you play them in order because it doesn't have the same wording as Ever Vigilant oh, that see, says one at yeah, a time. One at a time. But if it means to be the same as Ever Vigilant, in theory, the first card you play is a backpack, which immediately searches your deck for more items that can be played as though they're in your hand. And Geared Up cares about item assets from your hand. Yeah. So then, in theory, you sort of. That would be the answer to your hand size thing. You, you, your first play is a card that gives you more cards from your deck that you can then play. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Okay. What's next?
1: Uh, we've got toe-to-toe. This is a zero-cost event. Has combat and agility pips. Spirit and tactic traits, which are nice traits to have. And it is a fight event. This attack deals plus one damage and is automatically successful. As an additional cost to perform this attack, the chosen enemy makes an attack against you. Sometimes the only way out is through. So this is... Wow. Uh, someone um, spoiled this, but I can't remember who once again it was great well done <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i mean i think this this is great it's a nice wee card to take in daniela especially right mm-hmm. so we've got that get hit to hit back which is super
0: nice yes it's it's a fight action that triggers an attack of opportunity sort of which yes. is kind of rare isn't it <laughs> yeah. she actively wants cards that trigger attacks would be my impression so yeah
1: Someone has made the point to me that any card which is good for Daniela is also kind of good for Calvin. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is a a nice one in Calvin, I feel, especially early game, when he needs to power up his stats, but also might want to just deal with an enemy. Yeah,
0: you draw that ghoul and you're like, oh, I'm going to take a bunch of attacks opportunity because I can't handle it yet.
1: Yeah, this this automatically kills a two health enemy, basically, right? And if you're playing Nate, automatically automatically kills a three health enemy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both those things feel good yeah super good i'm glad
0: you mentioned nathaniel because i think that's a really nice shout to just plonk kill three health <laughs> and you know the nathaniel deck came with monster hunter which is a fight action for plus one damage um but you have to take the test whereas this like would you rather would you rather Peter take the fight <laughs> test with your five combat or just succeed but you get a hit? Because I, I think the other comparison here is with Vicious Blow. And I would not want to commit a Vicious Blow to a basic fight action, partly because I'm not getting the boost of whatever weapon I'm using. And partly because I'm just using it to kill a two health enemy that my weapon should be able to kill. Whereas this, because it's automatically successful, there's none of the sort of the jeopardy involved. You just play it kill the enemy, move on with your day.
1: Yeah, I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, Next, we Yes, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just agreeing. We should move on to the next one. Next, we
0: have... Get behind me! It's a Peter-style quotes and exclamation mark card. Zero-cost event, willpower and combat icons, spirit and tactic traded again, fast play during any free trigger window, until the end of the phase... Whenever an enemy would attack another investigator at your location, it attacks you instead, then engages you. Cancel one
1: horror dealt by each attack made in this way. I do like this. I think I really like this. Yeah, note that it. So so this I think Leonard Quirm pointed this out. Uh, I can't remember whether, where I read it. But it like flips the logic of the order of what you're going to do things in your turn around, which we did an episode on recently. And it's a shame we Mm -hmm. didn't see this card before then. So, you know, it can end up with your fighter going last in, in the phase when they've got a big stack of enemies on them. Mm -hmm. And it can trigger off attacks of opportunities that your enemy is, uh, sorry, your allies are provoking and will still trigger Daniela's
0: ability. That's correct.
1: Which is really
0: nice. Yeah, yeah. So Daniela's pictured, and obviously it's a great fit. I've been teeing up this card. I'd love to say it was advertent, but it's completely inadvertent. You know, when we were looking at Daniela, I made those points about we're going to look for uh, ways to trigger her ability that obviously aren't a tax opportunity because they don't trigger it. But also that you might have that situation of last action engage. Yeah. What if that last action engage was actually all of the rest of your party taking their actions normally and they somehow gave you engage actions yeah yeah so that when it got round to your turn you still had a full turn to deal with the enemies and you'd already like taken the hits that you needed to trigger
1: your ability exactly and they've already they've all already taken one damage
0: yeah i just think it's obscene in that way yeah i mean obviously Stronger in uh, the larger player counts because you could take a host of hits and do that kind of thing. You know, picture the situation as well that say someone's got a cultist on them that deals a damage. Someone's got rats on them or something like it's sort of piddling and slightly annoying. You can just play this immediately because it's during any any free triggered window and say to your whole team, "Go on with your day. Don't worry about any enemies. I've got you covered." It's the equivalent of dropping that taunt, isn't it? And just scooping up all the enemies, but with the added bonus of dealing extra damage and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The other thing I'd shout out is that you can play this in the enemy phase. So if you want to do that kind of glorious tanking in the enemy phase and you don't want to have spent any actions engaging enemies, you can use this again as a sort of pseudo taunt to do that. And so I'm thinking of maybe like Tommy and... You, you you spend your turn just getting all your soaks down, and then when the enemy phase arrives, all the enemies end up on you. But obviously, that means that during the investigation phase, your teammates have had other ways of kind of getting around the enemies, not getting hit. Maybe they've passed
1: an enemy around. But yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I like this a lot. I like this a lot. I think I maybe even prefer this to toe to toe. I mean, maybe wow. both going to Daniela, but I think. I'm prioritizing, get behind me. Just feels like mm. one of those cards which it does it does quite a bit of useful stuff. Yeah. And all the bits of it are separately useful as well.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of heroic rescue as well. You know, most often what I do with heroic rescue is say to my teammate, just take your turn. Just go about your turn as normal. I'm here. And then <laughs> heroic rescue, as soon as they take an action and trigger an attack of opportunity. I play Heroic Rescue and pull the enemy off them, and they're like, oh, okay, you've taken the enemy off me, I can keep keep investigating or whatever it is. It's a similar thing where you sort of say, hey, this this round, no one needs to worry about who's evading, who's juggling these enemies. I'm just taking them all. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. The crazy thing, we're doing just the level zero cards, and there's only three That's level it. zero guardian yeah, cards. Yeah,
1: done. That's it. That's Which I just,
0: guess back just, in the Deluxe my and off. Mythos Packs days... There probably would be three or four, or maybe more. Maybe more level zero over the course of the cycle, right? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I guess we've got multi-class coming up. Spoiler. Um, (laughs) Right, you're reading Norman, I guess.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I'll take an executive decision and let you read Norman, seeing as I read Daniela. Storm and Norman has featured on Think on Your Feet,
0: so... Listeners will be very familiar. This is his um, original form, though. He is the Astronomer. 4 Willpower, 5 Intellect, 2 Combat, 1 Agility, Miskatonic Traded. Play with the top card of your deck revealed, a.k.a. Easy Mode. Once per round, you may play the top card of your deck as if it were in your hand at minus 1 resource cost. Forced Effect after a weakness is revealed while on top of your deck. Draw it. Elder Sign Effect plus X... You may swap the top card of your deck with a card in your hand. X is the resource cost of the top card of your deck. Six health, eight sanity. And he has the Daniela deck building, except his level zero is Seeker and his level one to five is Mystic. So he can take five Mystic cards, level zero as well.
1: Yes, good old Norman. He has been around for quite a while now. (laughs) Yeah. He's got the same stats as Daniela. Just realized it's got four, five, two, one. Yeah. I mean, not in the same order. Yeah. Not necessarily yes, yes. In, in the right order. But it's that same, yeah. like, do
0: you know who else has m- got the same stats as Daniello? Monterey Jack, one, four, two, five. No way. You're blowing my mind yeah. over here, Frank. Way, way. It's, the, it's what? <laughs> listen to this then. Do you know who what? else is an entrepreneur? Bob Jenkins.
1: No way. Yeah, way. What are his stats? Two, four, three, three. Doesn't work. But anyway. Yeah. Uh it's like the mid max stats, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, Norman here is, is all in on mental stats, much lower on yeah. physical stats. Now, I've found Norman a bit of a tougher nut to crack, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think he's he's tricksy. I've had some friends who've played with him and had a really miserable time. Uh but I, you know I don't think he's I don't think he's he's too bad. I think he's He was interesting at the time for having such a a novel way of upgrading his deck. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of really powerful, high experience mystic cards.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I think what we're going to see is that part of the difficulty of playing Norman, that how do you upgrade this character? Is he a mystic or is he a seeker? we're going to see as now we have five investigators that are like that people really applying themselves to learning how to do that and we mm-hmm. might see people then come back to norman and breathe sort of a bit of new life into him yeah and also we get his original signatures now for the first time even though they've come second so we also see sort of what was intended i'm using air quotes as opposed to you know part of i think what people have found difficult about the original uh, the the novella norman was that his replacement signatures didn't really get anyone excited, so that you lost that build around as well.
1: Should we do his signatures quickly now, just to add a bit of context? Yeah, cool. Yeah, please do. Oh, you're going to criticise my pronunciation here. Yeah, I know it. Livre... The Harbinger. <laughs> well, not that one. It's the lever Dibon? Yeah, I think
0: that's Dybon.
1: Does that mean the Black Book? I think it's the Book of Ibon.
0: My one is a sorcerer.
1: Uh, Okay, right. Uh, This is the uh, Hyperborean Grimoire. Hyperborean? Hyperborean. That's what you'd say for... uh, (laughs) Hyperborean, right? Hyperborean. Hyperborean, heirloom. (laughs) Uh, It's a two-cost asset. It has two willpower and a wild pip, which is... Mm -hmm. That's really cool. It's the same as Daniela's wrench, isn't it? Oh, you and your Daniela obsession. Yes, <laughs> Every single right. card I'm going to compare to Daniella's got. It has. Do you know?
0: Do you know what icons Monterey Jack's Bullwhip has? Go on, hit me. Two agility in the wild. Oh. Do you man. know what icons Bob Jenkins Shrewd Dealings has? No. What does that have? Two intellect in a wild. Incredible the stuff. Suite.
1: Yeah. Lily is the odd one out, obviously. But there we go. So this has item, relic, and tome traits, which mm-hmm. is a nice collection of traits. Once again, I, I think. think. Norman with yeah. his deck only. It has two abilities. It has free action, exhaust, the Livra Dibon, swap the top card of your deck with a card in your hand, and mm-hmm. then free action, exhaust livra dibon, commit the top card of your deck to an eligible skill test performed by an investigator at your location. And that mm-hmm. uses a hand slot. We should do a, a a guess the picture, which is every single R that is a book open on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a good selection there. The wood. I'm going to do the harbinger now. Go on. We can
0: also do every single art that sort of stars with an image in it. <laughs> and the art is particularly cool here because Norman's story is that he saw six stars disappear from the sky, or rather he noticed that six had disappeared. And can you see that that hand has fingers that are touching stars and gets rid of them? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. it's a treachery weakness, omen and end times traited. Shout out to Jim Culver with his end times Traded, uh, does he have an End Times? I'm pretty sure he has an End Times. Uh, pretty,
1: isn't, isn't there another one as well? It was the Warrior, night, I think, it was it, the, night yeah. the skeletons came to life. Yeah. <laughs> Revelation, place this card
0: on top of your deck. While the Harbinger is revealed and on top of your deck, cards in your deck cannot be searched, drawn, or manipulated in any way except by the below ability. Double action, discard the Harbinger. This ability may be activated while the Harbinger is on top of your deck as if it were in your threat area it's absolutely wild so it's just it sits on the top of your deck and completely shuts it down it's no drawing no searching no move the top of your the top card of your deck you can't even
1: else. you can't even touch touch your deck that's manipulating yeah. it no one no one could no yeah. one could touch your deck because that's manipulating your deck
0: if your deck gets nudged by someone else on the table and it's Sit, then all sort of squint driven insane. you can't do anything yeah. yeah yeah you can't even pick the cards up off the floor if they get spilled on the floor as long as the Harbinger is face-up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: So that's the Harbinger. I think that's a really cool, pretty straightforward ability. Let's go back to the Book of Ibon, because that points out two cool things about Norman. The first is that he plays essentially with a hand size that's one larger, because you can always see what's on top of his deck, and he's got that ability on his card once per round to play the top card of his deck as if it was in his hand at a discount. So one of the frustrating things is playing Norman is that you play the top card of your deck and then the next card revealed is another card you'd really like to play and you can't get the discount for it. Or you end up drawing a card into your hand. You're like, oh, I'd really love it if this was on top of my deck. I would play it at a discount. So one of the challenges of building his deck of building putting enough cards in that it's worth getting the discount on. If you fill his deck with your zero or one cost cards, you maybe don't get the most benefit out of that resource reduction. But the Livre Daibon responds to that really nicely. Once you have it in play, you can start controlling what card is on the top of the deck and, and manipulating it, which I think is really nice. And then it also gives you this extra ability. You can start committing the card at the top of his deck as well. So the other thing we learned about Norman was don't put too many skills in his deck because skills sort of block up the top slot on his deck. But Levera Daibon says, actually, don't worry about that. Once you have me in play, you can commit skills off the top as well. Go wild. So, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, yeah, it's in good. In conclusion, <laughs> I mean, anyone who's listened to Think on Your Feet will know that he's super powerful, I think. I hope. I hope I convinced people. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see other people start brewing Norman decks.
1: Yes. Should, should we move on to the rest of the Seeker cards, level zero secret cards? Let's card.
0: do it. Yes.
1: Is it it's 1st, I think? It is, yeah. Okay, we have a blank cost asset, and this is Forced Learning. It has talent and ritual traits. Permanent, limit one per deck, purchase it deck creation. Sounds very familiar. Increase increase your deck size by 15. During each upkeep phase, instead of drawing one card, draw two cards and discard one of them. Mm. I was Uh, thinking
0: about this card earlier today.
1: Yeah, you messaged me about this card earlier today, didn't you?
0: Point of rules clarification, when you draw two cards like that, you draw them simultaneously, and if there are any weaknesses, my understanding is that the revelation abilities would trigger immediately. So you can't use this card as a sort of filtered draw to try and avoid hitting weaknesses. What happens you if you draw, draw two, two weaknesses? They would both trigger and you wouldn't discard anything.
1: What if you draw two hidden weaknesses? <laughs> you just draw them both and you don't discard yeah you just of them. draw them both yeah if you had
0: hidden weaknesses in your deck cuz they can't be they cannot be discarded apart from the way described on them
1: what happened no i'll stop
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> am i getting that right I'm, i suggested all of this theoretically but i i think that's the case so I just if anyone's you. looking at this and they're like hey there's like i can filter my draw i'm never going to hit my weakness that's not the case you'll end up discarding the other card as long as you draw one weakness and one other card anyway that's a a small blind alley what do you think about this? Make your deck fifty uh, percent larger, well, fifteen cards larger. This
1: is—I uh, said to you earlier, and you, you, you queried why I said it. Mm. That it was—it could be the result. It could result in uh, lots of kind of boring chin stroking card game discussions about how effective it is. It's a difficult one, really. I think the ability is undeniably powerful. Getting a filter draw every single turn yeah. would let you burn through your deck twice as quick. You know what? Mm-hmm. And even as I'm looking at it, discarding one of the two cards you draw is not, that's not a thing that's inconsequential either. As we saw when we previewed short supplies, and I was having cards yeah. that discard is, is better than having them in your deck.
0: Yeah. You run this in min and run Glimmer of Hope chuck all the glimmer of hopes, and then take a single action to pick them all back from your discard pile. And
1: if there's any faction which doesn't have as much trouble with drawing their whole deck, it's Seeker already, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the basic level, once you get through 15 turns of a game, which feels like, I don't know, probably on slightly on the long side, a bit bit above average. I'd say that's like
0: 75% to maybe a whole game. Like, most games are twelve to twenty turns.
1: Yeah, that probably doesn't. Yeah, we should get some stats on that. I that'd be an interesting thing to to, to know. Um, yeah, but I guess then that means over the course of an average game, you've sort of made up for the fact that you've got a bigger deck, mm-hmm. and allows you to be a bit more toolboxy. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a difficult I mean,
1: one to judge, to be honest.
0: My, I'm going to lean on actual played experience rather than the hypothetical one of the risks of versatile was you know adding is it worth it adding those five cards Mm -hmm. and my experience has been almost always yes that's not as big a drawback as it purports to be admittedly i've played versatile in norman who draws lots in mark harrigan who draws lots but again I, i think i would apply that to this card where you're probably running it in a faction that draws a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you run Force Learning in, say, Amanda, you're already drawing twice as many cards as anyone else just because of her ability. Yeah. If you're running this in Mandy, you maybe run a 30-card Mandy deck and then get go up to 45 with this and you search hard and you do a lot of using her ability to search for two instead of one. So you sort of counteract it that way. If you're running it in Daisy, you're doing old Book of Law stuff, I guess, or Harvey, you have that innate drawability. Funnily enough, what you said about, I've got to remember its name, Geared Up, Mm -hmm. I think might apply here as well. And I saw a couple of patrons talking about this earlier today. Is this also the kind of card that main class seekers aren't too bothered about because they have so many other good ways of drawing cards? And actually this is more appealing for off-class seekers because it gives them a seeker-like ability, the the filter draw every single turn. It's just that the downside is is that somewhat hefty penalty of a much larger deck. So you know, you say you put this in, I don't know, Ashkan Pete, who can take it, or or Jim Culver, mm-hmm. and you have this filter draw of finding all the pieces you need. Ashkan's actually quite an interesting shout because he's also got survival recursion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could also see it in an investigator who maybe relies on some event tricks. So say like, I don't know, Zoe or Roland Mm, to really get through their deck, get the weapons they need and then get the, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're in um, uh, Miskatonic Museum, you you drop that dynamite blast in the bin kind of thing. So you can filter out those slightly more silver ability cards that you don't want as much. Yeah. You also, I guess, fill your deck
0: with more neutral skills to draw through your deck quicker with his extra 15 cards, and then more one-offs, right? More silver bullets? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fascinating.
1: Okay, should we move on then?
0: Yeah, next we have Jeremiah Kirby, the Arctic Archaeologist. A four-cost asset with an intellect icon. Ally, Miskatonic, and Wayfarer treated. You get plus one intellect. Reaction, after Jeremiah Kirby enters play, choose even or odd. Reveal the top five cards of your deck. Draw each card with the cost that matches the chosen option. Shuffle the remaining cards into your deck. Takes up the ally slot. And unusually, for a seeker ally, he has two health and one sanity. He has more health than sanity.
1: And and I I, I admit I was maybe a bit cool on this card. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. I think it's easy to compare it to something like Rook who's obviously incredibly good mm-hmm. uh, for the cost, which is now he why he's now, what, 4XP, is he? Yeah, 4XP, <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it a fair comparison, comparing
1: this level zero card with a 4XP card? Exactly. A, a good example of why the taboo list is there, because it allows cards like this to have a bit more of a home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was a bit cool on him, but then uh, one of our patrons, Dai, talked about it a lot, how much uh, they liked the card, how, because the, the art is Jeremy, right? Yes, it is Jeremy. Yeah, as you may remember from several other cards, because <laughs> he's so prolific in LCGs. It's it's one that I guess kind of rewards knowing your deck. This is this is kind of what what Die was getting at, and I tend to agree um, on on reflection. I think it's it's a really interesting card. Rewards you knowing what's in your deck, even if you don't. I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to build a deck that only has even cards in it. So I always draw five cards when I play Jeremiah Kirby. Mm. Uh, And, you know, more power to those people. I love them for it. Yeah. But for for the rest of us normal people, (laughs) I think, like, at the base level, it allows you to to tutor for a card, right? You know you need a card. Mm. Say, you know, I'm playing, I don't know, I'm playing a fighter, for whatever reason, I've got this card in my deck. I know there are two weapons left in my deck. They both have even costs. I can say even to try and get either of those cards. If I get some more cards, that's kind of a bonus. Yeah, yeah, I like
0: I like that idea. But with Daisy, right? You put this down. You've not managed to draw Old Book of Law. Yeah, you play play Jeremiah and say odd. You're looking for that three cost Old Book of Law. Exactly, it's just like that is a nice tutor, and if you also pull a mind over matter
1: or magnifying Gas level one, uh, no level zero, no. sorry, yeah level zero, yeah, yeah. then cost then one. great, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it, and and it rewards you. You maybe consider your deck composition a little bit once you put this in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cards that occupy similar slots you can you can group together in terms of costs, or you can maybe it's another little knob to tweak in terms of how do you pick a card that goes in your deck mm, do i pick option yeah. a or option b there's not much not much in it okay but i do have more even cards in my deck so let's put yeah, let's go for the one. one way exactly yeah even actually you know um
0: a cult invocation is two cost and i've got a plan is three cost but when yeah. you upgrade, I've Got a Plan, it goes down to two cost.
1: <laughs> nice. So you
0: could start building towards a sort of even deck just in. And hey, and Magnifying Glass goes from one to zero, and zero is even, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, you could start building towards a certain. I like that. I think the other thing that we've glossed over very quickly is, is a static boost. It's the plus one intellect. There are some other options for that. There's Dr. Milan Christopher, who costs the same and gives you the static boost and generates you resources. If you're playing with Taboo, he generates you one a turn. Yeah, sort of slowly gets you value. And then there's also Witten Green, who gives you an intellect boost, but only if you control a relic or tome. Um, She also gives you a repeatable search effect to find those things. So, you know, I think Jeremiah Kirby competes with them comfortably. You know, that's a nice decision to make. Do I do I run Dr. Milan Christopher and have this drip economy? Or do I have Jeremiah as a sort of almost, like an almost no stone unturned plus a static boost? I think that's kind of cool. I could even see myself maybe playing him early and not worrying too much about how many cards I get and having the second copy later, uh, if he dies off or whatever, to play again more in that kind of, I just need to find a weapon. I just need to find a solution here. Yeah. What happens with skills, by the way? They're null costed, so they don't they don't trigger either option. I suspect that's the case. Yes. Okay, so maybe maybe Amanda is not as keen on Jeremiah Kirby. Yeah, potentially. And he's miscotonics so if you're doing archaeology funding,
1: he's another option. Okay, should we move on to yes. the archive of conduits? Mm-hmm. This is a two cost asset. It has the unid. Well, sorry, it's unidentified has a wild icon Mm -hmm. and it has the item tome and occult traits limit one per deck as an additional cost to play this asset place one resource on four different locations as ley lines Uh, reaction after you successfully investigate a location with a ley line exhaust this asset move that ley line onto this asset then if there are four ley lines on it discard it take its ley lines as resources and record in your campaign log that you have identified the gateway that uses a hand slot,
0: and it is a picture of an open book.
1: Yay! <laughs> our favourite kind of art. Yeah. Well, I we will get one. more into this card when we cover the uh, upgraded seeker cards. Mm, mm-hmm. So, so let's keep our powder dry to an extent for that. I think, in terms of the research cards, which is now what they these are called officially. Yeah. This one isn't too bad. It's it's a two two cost asset and comes in to making you do kind of what you want to do anyway, and it does yeah. pay you back for it. It's not like you get the ley line token instead of getting the clues. So yeah, I think I think yeah, it's 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 not too bad in terms of these cards. It's just difficult, I guess. You need to, you can only play it when there are four locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there aren't four locations, it still comes into play. Oh, no, it doesn't because it's an additional cost. You can't even play it when there's fewer than four locations. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: To me, like
0: so many of these translating cards, it seems a pretty reasonable thing to try and do if you see this in your opening hand or early in the game. And this, maybe more than any other, seems pretty nightmarish to try and do this Even, I'd say, a third into a scenario, you might be like, ooh, this is going to be hard to do. I pictured, weirdly, I pictured extracurricular activity. And if you have this first turn, you plonk it down, there's definitely some locations you're going to investigate. And you, you put the ley lines on them and you work your way around that map and you get them. But if you're playing, you know, House Always Wins... I suppose there are four. There are four locations in play at the starter house. Always wins, but you don't want to investigate any of them. Yes, yeah. sort of four <laughs> wasted actions, and yeah, you're paying two costs and then five actions: one to play it and four to investigate, plus the actions you spend to move if you spend any to get four resources. So it's obviously not uh, crying out as a major amazing, amazing economy card. It just gives you a little bump to say, "Well done for doing what you're doing." Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I like the ones that almost like pay you back. Um, What you invested, um, yeah, because it's it's, it's an easier side quest. That's part of what I like about ancient
0: stones, I think, because you get the two clues for doing the investigate, yeah. So it's almost like it's you know, you spent an action to play it, but it's almost like you get that action back because you get an extra clue, although obviously you commit other things, yeah. And yeah, we'll we'll come back to that one because there's obviously the higher level versions. I just Stopped on the fact as well that it's tome-traited, so you can find it with your research librarian, but it's also occult and We have seen a few investigators interact with occult level zero. Yeah. Doesn't Akachi have occult level zero? And I wonder if the higher levels... I suspect she won't be able to take them because she can't. they don't have uses charges. They are level four and they are ritual-traited. I don't know even if um, Parallel Agnes can take them. I'll have to have a think about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll consider it. Right, we have one last card, and it is Written in the Stars. A one-cost seeker event, wild icon, insight traded, fast, play only during your turn. Discard the top card of your deck. If that card is a weakness, shuffle it back into your deck and make a wah-wah noise. Otherwise, for the remainder of your turn, while that card is in your discard pile, commit it to each eligible skill test you
1: perform. This is one that we saw announced, I think. Yeah, I, I like this, actually. I think it's it's a one-shot Amanda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, of course, has a natural synergy with Norman in that he knows what he's going to discard. Yeah. So Norman sees that deduction level two on the top of his deck. No. <laughs> that, that he can't take, yeah. <laughs> deduction level one or, I don't know eureka he sees that eureka yeah whatever he sees on top of his deck he's just like yeah i'll 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 have that this turn boom yeah in the stars maybe he sees the guts
0: too on the top of his deck and he just goes to work draws six cards yeah (laughs) yeah yeah maybe he does the other thing he can do with the is change what's on top of his deck so you could have that deduction sitting in hand and then when when the stars align you say oh look First, I'm going to put deduction on top of my deck. Then I'm going to written in the stars and and get it to hit, which I think is just really... There's The thing I really like about this is the overlap for Norman between doing the kind of clue efficiency of Seeker and then also doing the weird, like, scrying tricksiness of Mystic. And he just (laughs) mushes them together in quite a fun way. You mentioned Amanda. I think Amanda's a cool shout. You're probably going to have lots of skills. I like the idea as well of min
1: if you're running like skin he- skill heavy min i'll just clarify that i didn't necessarily mean take it in amanda i meant hmm. it's like it's like a one shot amanda yeah i think but i
0: think she and min are probably going to run more skill, skill heavy cards. than most yeah, yeah
1: but remember that it doesn't have to hit skill card no it doesn't i just they
0: they normally have more icons for committing Sure, but yeah, you use this and it hits your second copy of Jeremiah Kirby. If you're investigating that turn, that's a plus one for the rest of the turn. That's nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to run it outside of Norman, because it seems so good to control what's going to be on top of your deck, and much <laughs> you know much more hit and miss if you're using this and milling. I don't know that weapon you're looking for or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's a cute card. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's the end of that's the end of end of the cards we've got, right? That's the end of the cards we've got. I the only another one. however many episodes <laughs> to go. So, so Buckle to go. up! <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, we've made a good start. So, I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're not going to do full sign-offs for the first looks because we'll run out of voice by the end of them so (laughs) anything you'd like to add you know how to reach us hope you've enjoyed that stay tuned because we've got rogue mystic survivor neutral and multi-class level zero to come wow and then we'll get started on the xp it's gonna be fun thanks for listening thank you so much